Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Dennis Leary's Popped Hemorrhoids. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. From now on, the only one who gets to yell is me. Why? Because I have a gun. People with guns get to do whatever they want. Married people without guns, for instance, you, do not get to yell. Why? No guns. No guns. No yelling. See? Simple little equation. You know what, Mom? You know what I'm going to get you next Christmas? A big wooden cross. So anytime you feel unappreciated for all your sacrifices, you can climb up on it and nail yourself to it. I hate her, Lloyd. I hate her. What's the matter with you? I thought mothers were supposed to be sweet and nice and patient. I know loan sharks who are more forgiving than you. Your husband ain't dead, lady. He's hiding. You You know what, Mom? You know what I'm going to get you next Christmas? A big wooden cross. So every time you feel unappreciated for all your sacrifices, you can climb on up and nail yourself to it. Fuck you, Lloyd. I work for a living, okay? I have a skill. I'm in the game, pal. What do you do except take up fucking space? You think every time I look in the mirror, I shout, gee, I'm glad I'm me, and not some 19-year-old billionaire rock star with the body of an athlete in a 24-hour erection? No, I don't. So just excuse the shit out of me. Gary, get my bags. Oh, go get him yourself. He's not your errand boy. Has everyone gone nuts? Who the hell do you think you are? Slipper socks. Medium. Mother. What? Is it possible for you to shut the fuck up for 10 seconds? All right. Some Christmas movies don't jump to mind immediately, but they are still Christmas movies. So this very Merry Christmas, we're going back to a Ted Demi classic, uh, 1994 Starring Dennis Leary, Judy Davis, Kevin Spacey, and Glynis Johns. We got The Ref, which was also called Hostile Hostages in some countries, apparently. I didn't know that, but I just learned. Uh, But we'll call it The Ref. Uh, So, Dennis Leary, what an interesting character. This would be one of not very many movies that he was pretty much the lead in is he the lead in this there's something interesting to maybe get into early in this episode or was it the couple he's the lead I think it's Dennis Leary yeah he's the lead um this movie did not make a bunch of money but it did run at 97 minutes so it's right in that beautiful sweet spot I'll be the ref on that one and say that comedy should be about this length and as soon as we saw touchstone pictures come across We're very pleased to remember that this was a Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer film. Uh, Yeah, bringing it back. So why The Ref? Well, The Ref ref is one of those kind of potentially underrated Christmas movies. And because Dennis Leary never really hit it too huge as a uh, leading man, um, you know, his background comes from stand-up comedy where he had his kind of manic smoking uh regimes and if you've never heard uh his asshole song that is a beauty still to this day he does that kind of irreverent over the top kind of humor 
that at one point I really liked, but I also found that it got old real quick. So one of my fears for the ref was that he was going to be overly Dennis Leary. Like, you know, he had a little cameo spot in Demolition Man where as soon as they gave him an opportunity to shine, he went on about, I want American cheeseburgers and blah, 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 blah. And I found that very much to my uh, welcome surprise. He didn't really pull that off until the very end of this flick. He is certainly on it and he talks quickly in this movie, but not quite to the level that you hear if you go back and listen to some of his stand-up. So I, I really appreciated that about this movie. Uh, history-wise with this flick, because I mean, this is a place I like to start with our with our episodes here, is to talk about the history with the ref. And this would not have been something I... I, I don't even think it would have hit theaters... Um, in in my little town in uh, Cape Breton Island, but I definitely would have seen this on TV, uh, on cable TV for the first time. And so for some reason, it just kind of grabbed me and intrigued me way back. And I've maybe only seen this movie once or twice in the past. Um, and so, yeah, it was a nice little reason to get back into it and check out an alternate Christmas movie that doesn't follow the the same kind of formula that a lot of other Christmas movies do. What's your guys' history with The Ref? I've seen this tons. I I could quote a lot of these lines with with uh the <clears throat> I connected with this. I had really interesting grandparents uh and uh, a lot of these characters reminded me of my family, my extended family, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents. And so for me, it was like watching uh, one of our family events. <laughs> Whenever I would watch this movie, that they were making fun of my family directly. So I connected with this in a strong way. Uh, you, um, you mentioned that as we were watching this and not only were you setting up scenes for us before they happen and letting us know what to look out for, which is, which is great. Um, but once you told us of how closely this resembled your family and some of the interactions and stuff, cause I think it was around when, um, uh, the, the brother-in-law's wife was like hitting, kept hitting the kid and you were like, yeah, this reminds me too much of family titters and shit like that. Like the, yeah, the, the like, grandmother, it my anxiety. <laughs> the grandmother manipulating um, um, the, the Kevin Spacey character and his wife and kind of like pitting them against each other and the grandmother not liking the wife uh, that his her son chose is like very, very familiar to my uh, my grandmother and my mother's relationship. So yeah, this movie sang to me and I also like Dennis Leary. So, so I mean that, that was cool too. And the cursing, I don't know how many F words are in this, but there's a lot of F, there's a lot of fuck in, in this movie. Brent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, I was just a Dennis Leary fan. So, um, growing up for me, I, I didn't watch movies as much as I watched stand up comedy. So anything with like, you know, Dennis Leary, especially at that time, I'd have, it had pulled me in. So I can't remember if I saw it in the theater or on TV for the first time, but I know that this movie always kind of stood out to me as a, as a fun movie. And as like you say, an atypical Christmas movie, which is kind of where I prefer to go in those things that are, um, not so thick in the, in the, you know, milking of the Christmas fucking you know, nectarine of whatever melodrama, right? Bit more, yeah. This bit more one's hyped not up. so much. 
Yeah, this one's not so much about the Christmas spirit. It, it happens to be a crazy story that just takes place at Christmas time, and it uses like that as more background. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, a little I like more Christmas as background this, to have some more colorful characters and and kind of increase some of the stakes and yeah, because um, families coming over and exactly. people are coming to the door all the time. Yeah, and the drunk Santa in the neighborhood and. All some of the colorful secondary characters that ends up here um, mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. It makes for some, some, uh, some kind of fun comedy, and it's, it, I mean, it's interesting to go back and watch Kevin Spacey movies as well because he's pretty uh, universally hated now for being a little bit of a grabby guy. Um, and the, uh, the 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 chemistry between him and and Judy Davis in this movie is actually quite good like I, I really buy them as a couple that's like at their wits end and um when they both arc kind of through this movie is as leary poses as dr wong we don't look like a wong ah, my father was irish and your mother wasn't um <laughs> makes for some fun makes for some fun stuff uh it's it's this falls along the lines of um Actually, I was going to say that that Leary can be the therapist that just kind of gives it to them straight, but he doesn't actually do a ton other than threaten them and maybe make them realize a bit of what's important, but he's not too actively uh, therapying them to fix them. They figure it out on their own, which I also appreciate about this movie because it's, it's not him acting as that external force to force them other than by being there with a gun in their face for most of the time. They actually, through their own experiences, through this, learn and grow and kind of rekindle their relationship, which is really, um, I think it's the right way to go with a movie like this. The the writing is really strong in this and parts of this movie. And uh, Richard, I can never pronounce his last name, Gravinus or whatever, who wrote uh, yep. Fisher King. He was one of the co-writers of this movie and... Uh, I think a lot of the stronger stuff, like uh, the stuff with the therapist, <laughs> where where he keeps talking about where he's not allowed to judge or take sides, and both of them are getting mad because they want a ref. They want to. They want a ref. They want someone to make decisions for them. They don't want someone who's neutral. And I love later in the movie when when uh, when Dennis Leary's character does make judgments and calls. Um, uh, uh, like when he when uh, after he meets his mom, and she says the wife says that she's a bitch, and and she's like right right, and he's like she's a fucking bitch, Lloyd or whatever. <laughs> so so it really it really drives home that what they did need was someone who wasn't. It almost makes fun of therapy in that way because their therapy was going nowhere, and after their latest session, they decided to get divorced. But after this person comes into their lives and is super honest with them about what he's seeing, that almost helps them. Like, doesn't almost help them. It does. It helps them um, come to terms with things. Because by the end of this movie, everybody turns on the grandmother. Like, the, the little kids, the, the daughter, the son. Yeah, um, the son. A- everybody turns on her. Um, and I think the wife... It doesn't uh, even take wife, that long, to be honest. Well, Judy Davis really uh, lays it out there about how they're all so scared of her because that she has money and that they, they, they don't. Yeah. yeah. And that that's the only reason everyone kisses their ass. And, like, she does it right in front of everybody, including the children. But, like, they all, 
she's so honest and that that honesty really breaks through quickly i mean you can see the resentment with the with the the slipper socks and you know stuff like that <laughs> from the other people like she says after she gets the slipper socks she's like what is she gonna die with it or whatever she's taking it with <laughs> like it's so yeah. funny but um and that Raising was one interest th- rates on a loan to your kids like that's yeah <laughs> i know and uh, him giving her a loan payment as a christmas gift i found quite weird too yeah um, that's not really a gift is it um but <laughs> so, so. No. and the money thing the money thing was also a big thing with my grandmother uh, as well she had a lot of money and withheld it from everyone so once again those things rang so true to me um as someone kind of holding a hostage family holding a family hostage over over financial uh, them trying to get a financial windfall or payday at the end when she's like gone, so strange. But like, it's kind I'm of sure a funny thing too because you 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 look at that scene and your default thing is to think like, well, what a bitch. But also, they're all just like pandering after her. They could all just fucking walk away from it. She's all but, she's got is money. They're sucking her fucking tit because yeah. none of them want to just like just go out and get their own shit well and they do i think that's they all have an arc they all have an arc at the end because they i think they all do brother yeah they definitely go do that but like but um uh, kevin spacey and judy davis have the discussion about like being scared that all their friends were doing better than them and they wanted that lifestyle and the the payment for that was getting attached to the mom in this way and and that's like was all bad long term so i really like I liked how they set them up as flawed for making the choice. Like they put themselves in that position. As Brent said, they could have just walked away at any time, but they didn't. And so here we are. But that they also acknowledge and realize that, and then at the end overcome it, um, yeah. makes it even stronger. Um, yeah, no one's without guilt here, right? Like yeah, the, that's like it. Everyone has a part of the of the fault, I guess. Not guilt, fault. Well, I like how Judy Davis lays it out too, and then Kevin Spacey's retort is good. Because she, she well, while she was right about everything that she'd said, she had left, she'd always left everything up to him and she was always so indecisive about what she wanted to do with her life and what they should be doing with their lives that it was all laid on his feet and then that way she would never have to make a mistake and she could always blame him for like anything that went wrong because she was, she was like hands off. So that was completely unfair to his character. And, uh, like, you learn so much about these characters. Like, you go very almost... It is like therapy. You go, like, very in-depth into their their dreams, even. Yeah. I, I love yeah. the some of the dialogue about the dream and the penis. And the and they're like, it's just garnish. <laughs> platter. And he's like, I would like her to... St-, and, and then she's like, what do you think of her dream? I would like her to stop telling it at dinner parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, cool. it's cool how the movie handles Kevin Spacey's character in particular because he's kind of shut down. Like he won't address. He doesn't want to get a divorce, but you can't tell why he'd want to stay. So it's not until the end when he's confronting his mother and he, then he also confronts his wife. And that's when he says that it, she never made the decision. Because it's kind of one, not one-sided against him, but it's more you're kind of like Judy Davis is more in the right here. She's at least trying things to 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 get a spark, and whether that's leaving or cheating or whatever, it's not the right way to go about things. But 
Um, but I'm kind of like, what's he even in this for? And then it, it's not until closer to the end that he does that reveal. And you can tell by how she cracks that he's right. And so it just it keeps it interesting. They don't they don't give it to you all at the start so that you know what's up and you watch it unfold. You're kind of learning as you go with where their problems were. And I, I again, I thought that was a, a very clever way of writing the flick to keep it interesting all the way through and kind of guessing. And you're kind of like on someone's side and then you'll switch sides and then you hate everybody and then you're back into it. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of really appreciated that. It really surprised me. I thought this movie was going to be lowbrow humor and obvious jokes and Dennis Leary doing his thing. But it, it has a it has a really nice kind of heart to it that 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 was um, very pleasant. Yeah, it um, and I love Dennis Leary, but you're right. Like you don't ever want to watch a movie with a guy just so you can see him do his bit, right? Yeah, that's where a lot of movies go wrong, actually, by hiring like like these specific kind of character actors, and then they just get them to lean into that like archetype that they are, and they become like characters of themselves. It's it's terrible. And yeah. I think him holding off here is great. But like you said, the supporting cast is brilliant. Like that Adam Lefebvre guy, he doesn't even need to say anything. Just the way his face <laughs> looks is perfect for the role. Like you automatically know he's like infantile, right? And then his yeah. wife, like uh, like Catherine Baranski or Carolyn Christine, Christine. Yeah. Um, she, I mean, she just has that very like, you know, exotic, rich kind of look. But she actually shows caring for her husband, which surprised me. Yeah. She also yeah, hits, she switched too. She, 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 she kind of stood up and was pissed. She physically abuses the children. Yeah. With little yeah, hits. But uh mm-hmm. the the one the one thing I noticed this kids, time. Colin. No, I, well, you <laughs> gotta bunch. keep in mind. But so the one much. thing the one thing I noticed about this movie that I think I've noticed every time I've watched it, but I, I could never I never really thought about what a solution would be. But there is absolutely no reason whatsoever that they have a son. Jesse, Jesse should be yeah. gone. The actor is not good. The whole story about him blackmailing people with photographs and stuff and the way that he acts when he's yeah. doing that and stuff is seems inconsistent with his actual personality where he's kind of sad and lost. But yet then he's this sociopath who just blackmails everybody. It doesn't... And his acting is not good. You could have completely edited him out of this movie because he's tied up for all the best parts of the movie anyway. This movie would have been about an hour and 20 minutes if you edited Jesse out, but I would have allowed that. (laughs) I would have been fine with it because his character isn't really good. He doesn't have an arc at all. Everybody else in the movie, including Gary has an arc i feel like gary even had an arc but this the son who has dialogue and scenes with dennis leary nothing really comes of that it doesn't really go anywhere it all it does is give dennis leary a chance to to verbalize that he like is isn't happy um but you could have done in, that in, in what he does i yeah if, you could have done that with the with the with the parents for sure the, yeah what, cutting the kid out of this character. movie would have done is starve us of jk simmons in his film acting debut this, this was his debut? first. Yep, this is his first one, and he, I can't say he's particularly memorable um, in this small flick. Piece here. Very small, like very unspoken. He has to look a little angry, but he gets to show a little range actually. So it's uh, it's it. There's nothing wrong with it for sure. Um, 
But yeah, the kid definitely stuck out as... I mean, kids in movies can be super annoying anyway, and this kid in particular... This movie is about... Ah, oh man. I guess it sucks that his parents would argue all the time and that they sent him to military school, but he's just so, like... The blackmail is so harsh. I don't know if that was supposed to be funny in 94, a joke that he's so bright that he was doing that. Um, I also... It's hard to believe he was, like, blackmailing an officer too. But he he would have been blackmailing a bunch of people, I think, because when yeah, they show him, money. when they show him open his suitcase, he has the J.K. Simmons envelope, but then he has several other envelopes. So, oh, like, yeah. it seemed to me, school is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed to me that he was blackmailing other people, and and J.K. was just the example. Like he was just they were just showing us him. But once again, the kid's character, the writing. And the acting doesn't... He's the least believable character in the movie. He's the least likable. I like Gary better than I like him. And like did Brent said, Gary doesn't even say much. He says a couple of lines. Yeah, but you just sits but there he, and looks vapid and fucking empty inside. But, but, but his character, like at least you have some sympathy for him. And, and you kind of have an understanding of where he's coming from. And his wife is very overbearing and... <laughs> Yeah, I guess she, like Brent said, she is loving at times, but the, well, the but kid she, hitting is funny. The kid hitting, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, it just surprised me because she, when she yells at that woman, she's like, um, she yells at the mother in defense of Gary, and that just surprised me. Yeah, she yeah. turns at the end, which I liked. I like because she was, I don't know, st- like they're all set in their ways, and then once the floodgates opened, I think, yeah, she. She jumped on that train, even though she had just been yelled at by her husband. He told her to shut up or something like that just before. Oh, she was, yeah, Gary. Over then. Gary <laughs> kind of got some. Gary kind of got some balls there at the end. And uh, yeah, I love her line. I love her line about sweater socks, medium or whatever. Like, who's <laughs> or who do you think you are? And she's sweater socks, medium. Um, yeah. There's there is such great dialogue in this. Um, and the yeah, actors the really, the actors really give her and, and lean into that. The Santa Claus yeah. thing seems like a distraction. I don't think we need to see so much once again of that Santa guy. Do you know guy. who that Santa Claus is? Uh, the, the actor Greek from The Wire. Oh, no yeah, way. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, Just he's like good the guy who plays Murray is Al Neary from the Godfather films, Richard James Bright. He's the oh, drunk. Sh- I was wondering where he was from because I yeah. recognized him. There's a lot of interesting actors in this for sure, but I, but I just feel like, uh, uh, you could have tightened this up. It would have made it an incredibly short movie, but like we we get we get that this Santa guy comes over with the cake earlier, and then he just shows up drunk. We don't have to see him getting drunk at yeah. the kids' Christmas party, like we. There's no, there's no reason to establish or set up uh, that he's intoxicated, like, uh, you know, like to the length or the extent that they go to, and then showing J.K. Simmons, like once again, we don't really know him, but like him feeling sad or depressed about being blackmailed, and then showing up at the house, all of that is just a distraction from the main story. True. Um, so I feel like this. There's about an hour and 20 minutes of good material in this movie 
Um, yeah. and, and you should only be putting your best foot forward and only showing the best stuff. So I would, yeah. have, I would have cut, I would have cut 17, easily cut 17 minutes from this movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm feeling the same. It just, it just didn't add it. Like it's, it's not awful stuff cause this movie is short, but it certainly, um, it certainly didn't add anything like what might've been. No, nah, you don't even need to replace it with anything. I, I would they have even cut... It, they capture it very nice and minimally, though, for what it is. But you're yeah. right. It, it's extraneous. Yeah. And it isn't necessary because none of the shit about the house becomes about him. He never makes or breaks any situation. Um, yeah. I, 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 would also, I would also cut a lot of the ending, too, because... The movie's kind of grounded in this reality because I like all of the police stuff. I love when that police captain tells the mayor or the city councilman that he slept with his wife when he was on vacation, yeah. when he was away, and he's like, three times. She said you never <laughs> went three times. And then the bungling, uh, I, the bungling cops are good too when they tape over the only evidence. Yeah, that's all okay and, it, and it's funny, but but like at the ending when they burst in and, and they do their routine where they fight with each other. And then the police say they don't want to question them or bring them downtown. That like totally shatters the reality of the situation. That because there's... Happen. And they don't search the house. They just ask them if there's anyone else in the house. Once again, these police have been like working on this case all night. And this is the very first break they've gotten the case. And because this couple is annoying, they just give up. Like, if it that almost, had been the the town cops i would have bought it because they would have just been able to tell their friend cops like yes but it was the state police who were like telling them to get out of the way and were there to do the job and that the stateies didn't even want to go and invest i don't know it like it's a comedy so you're supposed to not think about that and it's supposed to be funny but do it though is they the cops break in and they're sitting there and fighting and then you just zoom out and the fucking movie's over yeah that would actually yeah be. totally that yeah you just you just edited it around it a bit you could you could have done that and then or still have them on the, Leary boat. on the boat yeah. yeah that's what i mean you, you still have that boat stuff and then yeah, apparently let leary fly a little right yeah yeah, yeah which the, is um, nice the ori- there was an original ending shot to this movie where uh gus turns himself in to show jesse that the life of crime doesn't go anywhere and I'm that tested poorly, so they reshot it, and I'm very happy they did because that's why you that get rid of Jesse too. Because yeah. like it's not about Gus doesn't really have an arc. Like so, like Jesse doesn't give him an arc. Jesse he that he explains been an arc. he explains that to Jesse his life been, yeah. because he doesn't but, have a family. He talks about it over and over again. He talks about showing that kid like how much he's lucky. Like the, I don't know that I hate that ending i agree it's not as fun um but as far as like considering like this could this is a christmas movie um that's a more christmas movie type ending where he ends up joining the family and in doing so um turning himself in and maybe you know the the grandma pays for the fucking legal fees or some shit uh, i don't but, know but i'm freewheeling here <laughs> But I'm you're supposed to cut me off. I'm telling you, if, if you cut out all of the stuff with, with Leary and the kid, you let him be the fun bad guy. Why can't he why can't he just be the fun robber who gets stuck in a jam and changes everybody else's life and then disappears into the night? 
Yeah. Like oh, Marty sure. Mc, Marty McFly is the same in Back to the Future, and that works. Marty has no arc and never changes. Just pops in, bangs his grandma, and he's out. <laughs> and he's gone. And then so like so you could have had Dennis Leary be the, you know the 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 thing in the experiment that comes in and and fixes the experiment and then leaves. He's like the Christmas ghost who like comes and fixes the family and then he goes back and goes and steals more shit from other people like there's nothing wrong with that this movie tries too much to force Dennis Leary to become something with an arc or become deeper or whatever but you don't really need it I don't think I think it it actually makes it worse he's you Um, know he's probably going to change his ways but i also have a feeling he won't because while this was a big score for him and he's going to go to jamaica and do whatever i feel like there could be like a it's the same as bad santa where um they do that job and he's like that's it that's it and then the next year is his elf buddy calls him and he's like let's go meet me in the city and he's like yep um that's what i kind of see happening for dennis Leary. He, but I, I don't mind bad that. santa has has eliminated his options by that point he's yes. sticking scratchers and strippers thongs and yeah <laughs> he's dead that once uh, again robbing, is like <laughs> beach bars yeah but he, <laughs> from he, what's his name brian uh brian callen yeah <laughs> but his arc is so good in that the 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 only bad thing i would say about bad santa is that they did make sequels that i won't watch I, oh, I, I refuse to them, watch. But there's no reason for them. No. I refuse no, to watch them because I feel like it's going to taint the original one. And I don't want to know what happens to any of those characters. Like, I don't want someone else to tell me what happened. I don't need to know. I, I'm done with that story. Don't, yeah, see, don't Den- give me any more. In Bad Santa, the kid is so pathetic. And, um,. Uh, what's his name? Billy Bob ends up being his his uh, inspiration to and and his guide to like stand up for himself and do all the things. So that that was appropriate. And I didn't hate the kid in that movie because, man, the way Billy Bob talks to that kid, are you fucking with me? Is so amazing. <laughs> it, well, in this one, it is. The, that kid the, is the great. relationship with the kid is totally secondary. It's the adults that he's trying to fix their marriage and their life, and so the same but, kind of thrown in ending where he would like show Gus and teach him the ways that just wouldn't have worked for me in this one. But that kid also in that other movie gives him so much purpose because he really doesn't have anything. And at the end of the movie, all he's thinking about is if he gets arrested and goes to jail, that that kid's not going to get his present. Yeah. And so like that has become his now become his mission and that becomes important to him. And that's his art is such an unlikely great <laughs> movie. Yeah. You know? Is. Yeah. It's genius. It's one of my it's favorite. Cause, it's, it's so cause, good. Because that Terry Zywig or whatever his name is who, who created it and directed it is so... He is a genius that he could turn that filth movie into something more than filth. Like... Yeah. It's... Yeah. It's, it's maybe is my favorite <laughs> Christmas movie uh, I can't shit right for a week. (laughs) I can't think of. I mean, and John Ritter's last movie. You know what? That's an honor for that to be his last movie because every Christmas, every Christmas, John Ritter will be remembered because people will watch that movie and he is in it. So I think that is a great tribute to him being his last. Do the line, John. Do the line, John. Thin fingers, not the fat um, (laughs) sausage fingers. (laughs) It's the sausage fingers. 
We watched uh, last uh, night here. We uh, we watched It's a Wonderful Life. They had like a little showing of It's a Wonderful oh, Life. Nice. And it reminded me of when we did it for for the the, the podcast with the you want you want the moon, Mary? Fucking get you that moon, Mary. It. Jesus, pull Christ. it down for you. Pull <laughs> it so down here for you. <laughs> Jesus, Mary, the moon, Jesus. You know, what the whole <laughs> got moon? you this necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's, uh, yeah, this one is, this one is a Christmas movie to me too, cause I've seen it so much and I do watch it around that time, mm. but it is definitely not, doesn't, because of some of its problems and flaws, it doesn't reach the heights of a bad Santa. Yeah. This but movie didn't have to be up. a Christmas movie. This could have been a Thanksgiving. This could have been any family gathering at all. Um, like it could have been a, a, a July 4th weekend where the family comes in. So it like the yeah. Christmas isn't a central part of this and the lessons learned. It's not like a Christmas miracle at the end, but it, but having it at Christmas also doesn't do any negatives to the movie because it serves very well. But I think for that reason, it, it doesn't stand out as a Christmas movie to me, uh, an obvious Christmas movie. Um, but after watching it this most recent time, I definitely will count it up there as, as a one to consider for the holidays. I, I would add this to my list compared to a lot of other bad ones out there. Um, that oh, yeah. that like the ones with the ones with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Jingle all the unwa- way. All the way. That's like unwatchable. There's I've so many un. I've never. Seen I well, you know, I had never seen the whole thing because I can't watch it. I can't get through it. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, but there's so many people have tried to make a Christmas movie so that they can have that movie that everybody watches one time in the year See, and, and have failed. And this one, I feel like, doesn't... This one is better than a lot of those. Yeah, sometimes they capture it. Like, I like The Night Before with Seth Rogen and, uh, and uh, Joseph Gordon golden rabbit and uh <laughs> yeah yeah this one that one has a lot of problems for me but yeah but i still enjoy but it's it fun yeah it's fun it's, like that's what i want at christmas i want something with like the christmas feel right yeah yeah and then something that is also still going to capture my attention but like it's fun right like i don't always want to be super challenged like bad santa is is surprisingly deep but it's fun the whole way right this movie is fun, the like the whole way. Yeah, it never but, forgets but, what it is. No, but that's what I mean. Is like it just sucks that some of those ones, including including this one, are are uh, the uh, night before or whatever. Mm. They they like they are fun, but once again. Bad Santa just goes to prove that with good screenwriting, if you like work your ass off and write a great screenplay, you can have both. You can have that fun and you can sure. have something that's so amazing that like you like it's heartfelt. Like how can that movie feel heartfelt? <laughs> how with how it, vulgar it is. I know how vulgar and the kid like covered his face covered in snot, like in the beginning of the yeah. movie, and like this it's so juvenile and like one of the things that makes me laugh harder than anything in that movie is a really simple slow-mo of them walking through the parking lot and he chugs a Mickey and th- hurls it in the air and it smashes the windshield of a car <laughs> and the yeah. alarm starts going off and the, the little guy's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mickey. <laughs> There's nothing that makes me laugh harder than that part, but yeah. Yeah. 
So what else was wrong with this movie? So the kid, the son could go. Some of the ending, some of the ending just felt quick and forced. Uh, I don't know the way that they jump to being all together. Yeah, they're they're like you see. I guess that it's building, but I don't feel that it. Like I didn't know it was building to that. To like the mother is such a villain. part of the family right yeah like and i i get that they bond there and you guys had pointed out like a couple parts that i didn't really sink in for me that do solidify it but it it, the transition feels to me a little jagged so for me that's a bit of a hiccup i would have liked to see something like a transformative moment um where you really kind of see them lock together and you see their like what do you lockstep right you kind of see them move from being oppositional forces to being, uh, you know, one moving yep. towards the same direction. And and uh, it's just not there for me, I guess. I don't know if you guys see it better. No, it's not. It, it does seem to happen quite abruptly. Like one of the things that happens that, that jumps and kind of stretches my mind is that everything is so fucked and everything's so crazy and then jk simmons shows up at the house and fills them in that their son is like insane blackmailer guy um which would be like such a step up from whatever they were thinking about jesse they didn't seem to know much about him i i guess they kind of knew that he stole the nativity jesus even though they didn't look in the chest in his room maybe but right out in the open yeah, like they, um, but once they find out that he is now a blackmailer, they they react with pure sympathy and like, no problem. You take you take this guy out into the woods and show him the path. And I'm like, nah, that's that's too quick. Like, they should have been but, furious, and then Jesse should have had the chance if if you went this way, like to to pour himself out and really say like what his problems were and why he wanted to run. But he didn't, and so it all seems very juvenile. A fifteen-year-old, like I just don't like my mom and dad, and I live in the suburbs. Oh, my life is so hard. I better start blackmailing. And I don't know. It, it's more proof that the character of Jesse and this—I mean, was his parents fight nonstop. Like his life's not great. When you're a kid like that, and your parents are <laughs> fucking miserable day in and day out, and it spills over to you. Like I could see why that kid is beyond miserable and acting out. Yeah. Um, but at the end, why not just have him? Like they find a note that says sorry i'll be back and him and dennis leary are gone and then yeah you know, and then he comes then, back though right and that's yeah. that's where the ending goes yeah that, that's then, why like, I that's say, the way you resolve a family that way right yeah um and then leary gets away they don't let their kid go away with a gun wielding fucking uh you know robber yeah but they're focused more on their rekindled relationship than the trauma of being kidnapped for a night and that's how you know they're going to be okay and yeah. maybe they give Leary a little help but, um, but all problems but are solved they give him the ring off of the grandma's hand or something <laughs> like I legit believe that without any rewriting reshooting you could completely edit their son out of this movie you could edit him out seamlessly and it would Colin, solve add it to your list man it's like someone somewhere <laughs> no, but needs thi- to make but, the but, call and edit list and no, but, get on this but, but no but this one would be so easy if you think about it like cuz like they're tied upstairs and and you don't show any of the kid at the school and then they're tied up and then they're like rubbing in the friction and stuff it's just it's such a better movie the kid almost is an interloper into a story that is finely tuned and moving along yeah. And then it's all he just comes in and puts on the brakes because they're they're like tied up and they're grinding against each other and he gets the erection or whatever and they laugh that off. 
Uh, and then at the end and stuff, Gus just, you know, who gives a crap? No one has to take him. He's an adult. Just go to the dock, Gus. Yeah, like, none of that has back. to be there. And you guys are right. All the stuff with J.K. Simmons coming and telling their son what they did and then them so, like, easily forgiving him. And that stuff all doesn't make any sense. The thing that's great, though, about the family all embracing him, Dr. Wong, or whatever his name is, is because the mother, the grandmother, is so horrible and such a monster that everyone just gets behind, gets is becomes against her, and he's yeah. against her too. So they don't give a shit if he has a gun. As long as he hates the grandma as much as they hate the grandma, then he's on their team. He's anti-grandma team. Yeah. Well, so that's well to done. me, that I all like works. That you point that out. That's that's what I'd always heard. Um, the staff sergeant, I believe. That's what his role was, was to be such a prick to the rest of the group. Or not the staff sergeant, maybe, but, you know. The drill sergeant, yeah. Yeah, the drill sergeant, whoever it was. Their job was to be just such a relentless prick to everybody that it got rid of everyone's differences that they might have possessed towards one another. And it forces them almost to just unite under their hatred for this single thing, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. It's, that is a great way to do this movie because she is so wretched that <laughs> Gus starts to hate her and Gus starts to like side with them yeah. and like, you know, become one of them and understand them. Yeah. yeah. Like why they did what they did or why. Yeah. Cause he doesn't like them in the beginning, but by the end he, he, it totally does like start to side with them cause he knows what they've been through. And like now he's like, he's like got the same lady, trauma. Lone sharks with more heart than you. Or <laughs> there are scenes where you can tell Dennis Leary is scared of her. In the when he like goes back into the kitchen during dinner, he's like, "What the fuck?" And he doesn't quite know how to deal with her because she's such a tyrant. Um, that that makes it hit a lot harder. That's that, so that's I'll the main. Shoot you! You don't have the balls. Yeah, yeah. You know, he yeah. says it's. He says, "Lady, I'd like to tie you to a fucking truck." <laughs> and then she oh, says, that's right. You don't have the balls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, that is line something of- I, that I thought about in this movie that was interesting is that we know through the reports and they seem to know that Dennis Leary is a nonviolent criminal, right? He He's a thief, but he's, he's a burglar. Not, like he's yeah. not there to, to beat you up and everything. He has a gun as a matter of like a tool of the trade to intimidate when necessary, but he's not the guy that wants to use it. Yeah, And they seem to know that. Um, and I'm glad that there's no part in the movie where they challenge him on that and he needs to like show a legitimate capacity. Yeah. Um, you know, for shit. I guess he beats up Santa, but that's later. Yeah. And the Santa I, attacks him. He's just defending himself, really. Yeah. Because I find yeah. that that could have been a real game breaker. Is yes. If you show Leary become like, uh, like to show that darker side. <laughs> This movie takes a big turn, and they stay away from that by never making him um, have have to enforce or like you know show the legitimate use of his like force in those times. I, I actually um, don't like when I he like shoots that. the fire alarm. That he that well, he once again, shoots. that's it's the a, only time he shoots his gun. But I, I actually don't like it because it would have still reinforced how little he actually would like how unlikely he is to actually use the weapon. It's just. Like Brent said, like it's an intimidation tool. Yeah, and that's a and that's a Jesse scene once again that that could be easily removed. I mean, like removing Jesse removes all of his revealing about how he doesn't like being a criminal <laughs> and how he wants the family and all that. That that stuff's kind of lame. 
Yeah. It like lessens his character. And I also don't know if I believe him. Like, I think that stuff's kind of BS. Like, I think like he's been, he, maybe he has been doing this for too long, but it's way too, um, he knows himself too well. It's like, it's like explain a log, like in therapy that we don't need to hear from Leary. Yeah. Um, it's good with the family and their issues, but we, Leary doesn't need to be involved in that aspect of the movie. He's serving his purpose. He's the catalyst for the rest of the family to to finally tell the grandmother what they think of her and break free from her. So just let him be that catalyst. And yeah. that kid, just his acting is so bad. And everyone else is like, you got some great <laughs> actors in here. My Judy favorite Davis. thing about this movie is how much you hate that kid. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. Judy Davis, Kevin Spacey, all these brilliant actors. No kid's going to be able to like hang with them. Even J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Like this kid's way out of his league. Like way out of his league. He shouldn't be in here. This was film Robert, debut for J.K. Simmons. Yes, because he would have had Oz said, before this, right? Um, he would have been had on like plays. TV he was, he was a theater actor, I think. Yeah, this no? definitely was the film debut. Um, let me see if I can figure that out for you. Da, da, yeah, I'm da, curious because I was wondering because he's like I, I guess I've never seen a Simmons with hair, but you, you usually see like a lot of these guys in littler roles throughout time. He was in um, he was in Popeye Doyle on TV. All my children. He did some Law and Order. Stuff yeah, that's that right. Was he was he Oz. was doing television. I forgot because he he would appear as like Oz was ninety seven. So oh, really? this was before that even. Yeah. Holy crap! <laughs> this is before Oz. Yeah. Also, this kid that's in this movie has done since the last <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six things, and all six things that he's done you would have never heard of. So They're I think all porn. That's a testament to. <laughs> that's a testament to Robert J. Stein Miller Jr. Also, your name's too long. You should have changed it. <laughs> he goes by Robert J. Steinmiller Jr. That is his acting name. Wow. <laughs> Colin's been sending this kid yeah. letters for okay, years. So. Like hate mail. He, JK stands for Jonathan Kimball. He needs a new agent. No, I oh, should be sending Kimble. the editor and the director. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to say about this movie. Does anyone else have anything else to say? Uh, I think we should crush I it. I do in the form of calling it, and I'll be the first to jump in and say that this movie absolutely holds up. I mean, as much as there are bits that could be clipped or changed, none of what's in there overall ruins the experience. I think the ending could be a little better. It could have been a smoother transition into the couple rekindling and all getting on the same team. Um, but I don't mind that, that Dennis Leary gets away at the end um, and, and is going off to do his thing. Not that he learned huge lessons other than maybe his decision to leave the life is the right one. I just don't know that he's going to have the skills to carry on a normal life because I don't know how big the hit he was um, that that he did. Uh, I like that the couple rekindles. I think this movie goes super dark with some of, the, um, some of their relationship, which some people might not like uh but i actually appreciate because it gives them more of a hurdle to get over and the way that they trickle the little pieces of their 
challenges and their marriage um, keeps me interested in guessing. You don't, you know, they're in trouble at the start, but they don't give it all away. And then it's just comedy, 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 and then a happy ending. They actually make you work for it and introducing the mother while you hear little bits of her about her, that lady, um, uh, whatever her name is, uh, Glynis, um, she just crushes it. I hate her and you're supposed to. And so that works really, really well. And when everyone gets together behind the hate of her, I find that works extremely well. So like, this is a, such a surprise for me that this movie would hold up. I, all my fears were, were dissuade, um, by the end of watching it. And though it has some speed bumps in it for sure. Uh, and Dennis Leary is completely solid. Um, completely solid. He's great in this role. Like it's hard to believe that he didn't get more, similar type things even as like a you know a top featured sidekick to someone else with his with his gags and stuff um and i mean he he went on to do rescue me which for a couple of seasons was actually a really great show where he shows a lot of range too because a lot of heavy shit happens to him so i appreciate him in this movie and a couple of the other guys that were in rescue me were in this um as the uh, as the bungling cops so yeah this is a such a surprising hold up movie and it, it doesn't necessarily have the spirit of Christmas must watch this every Christmas. I think I would watch this in most Christmases now just to have another Christmas movie to watch. That's not the typical ones that I'm kind of getting a little bit sick of and an elf and love actually. And the other ones that I tend to watch except for Christmas vacation, I could watch that twice a year and still not get sick of that one. Oh, I still haven't watched it yet this year. Oh, John just I reminded me. I haven't watched any Christmas movies this year yet. I've watched uh, Christmas vacation. It's the only one so far, but I showed it to Hillary. Hillary and the kids, none of them had seen it. What? Yeah. Yeah. Hillary hadn't seen it, eh? That's crazy. No, I got a text from my ex because they were hanging out and she said, uh, Hillary hasn't seen Christmas Vacation. And then she accused me of failing the family. So, <laughs> so I, how I, did I the. Urgently fixed it. Yeah. Before I say my hold up or not, how, how did the kids enjoy it? The kids seemed to kind of take it or leave it. Uh, okay yeah ellie and elliot like two of them two younger ones like tried to get up and go play tag in the middle of it like it was you know they it just didn't capture them as much but um some of the scenes definitely uh still i i I think that one's more for adults almost anyway just that most feels very adulty we we were watching that at yeah like the the youngest ones are like grade four grade five so yeah yeah they would like, be, to me, that's Christmas vacation age. It's not yeah. bad Santa age. But, oh, yeah, no, not I, yet. You know what I mean? I have limits here. Yeah. <laughs> so for this I'm not, one... I'm not a but monster. For, for this one, I would say it holds up for me too um, because, once again, not only... I just I just feel like the writing and the dialogue and and the, the actors, the perform, some of these performances are so strong and it, they'd remind me of my family again. And uh, and I saw other things now as an adult um, who knows a little bit more psychologically about like what people have gone through. Uh, like these people have been through war. These people have been through hell. And uh, it all comes out, you know, in that living room when they're when they're opening their gifts and stuff. And and I really enjoy that. I really enjoy it still. How about you, Brent? Yeah, I mean, for me, this holds up. I I. I do think I add this to my Christmas list. I'd kind of forgot about this until you guys mentioned watching it. And um, yeah, I was just reminded how much I enjoy it. It's it's super fun. And Leary is a good, 
a good actor, man. Like I, I like him in the roles. Like I, Suicide Kings, I have really fond memories of him in, and Judgment Night. Um, like <laughs> We're gonna watch do those. A ton of stuff. Yeah. But the stuff that he did, I think he's really effective in. Yep. As yeah, that uh, saber toothed tiger in Ice Age. Fantastic. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. A lot of range. A lot of range on the guy. I think he was in a bug's life too. Was Anybody he? who can I get so. yeah. Anybody who can get those roles like the where, where you're in an animation of multiple sequels, like a like a toy story with Woody and Buzz Lightyear. That's such easy money, like for Leary oh, to be yeah. that to be that. And Ice like, Age is one of those ones that has so many things, like a video game and a bunch yeah, of like little lots of sequels and whatever. There's like five sequels. Like I mean, any any time an actor can get a franchise and animation, you're you. That's a golden ticket to just like printing money. I think. Which is so funny because the old days of Hollywood, that would have been viewed as like bottom end work. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Your voice work, like yeah. Give me a break, right? Now it's coveted. Yeah, now they yeah. got big actors doing like credit card commercials and shit. Like, it, oh yeah, now it's just now like they give me that fucking money. Like, yeah, who gives a fuck what my credibility looks like? Yeah, Will Will from Smartless. He's he does so many. Uh, of those like he he probably well, makes him the majority and the other guy uh, the majority of his money off yep. of yeah the majority of his money is made off of uh, a lot of his voice work now yep yeah it's bananas batman it's awesome it is good oh batman yeah that's right lego batman well folks oh, shit. A- another one to add to your christmas list it sounds like Woo! the ref nice I love being surprised by stuff like this. So good call. Yeah. I think this was kind of like a resounding yes when it kind of popped up, but I think it was Colin who initially suggested it. Yeah, I, yeah, can't, I can't remember, remember uh, but I yeah, I really like, I'm glad we did it. Yeah, I'm glad we did it too. Uh, and it'll make me pay closer attention to movies that Dennis Leary got in. Cause now I want to see are any of his movies other than demolition man um, using that, that brand of comedy that he did. Cause if it's not, then he, he really showed his chops and, like like I said, man, the first two seasons of Rescue Me, he like has a huge range. Like it's really interesting to watch him go in that, and he's very competently good. So good for you, Dennis Leary. Um, we got one more movie this month, and it is Your Highness. So get ready to toke up and check out. That That's one. our New Year's all movie. Of our, <laughs> all of our play, yeah. playful secrets. Um, so that'll be coming at you secrets. next week. As we leave you now, though, folks, we want to wish you all the best for the holidays that you celebrate, be they Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever the F. Go do it and don't fight with your family like in the ref. Otherwise, a gun-wielding maniac might be there to give you some therapy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. Uh, Yeah, this has been great. So we'll see you for the next one just before the new year, and then we'll wish you a heck of a good new year in that one. You'll have to wait for that, though, till next week. So, um, folks, we will see you then, and until we see you next time, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.